Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities. Welcome to the Smart Cities podcast by ARC Advisory. I'm Jim Frazier, Vice President of Smart Cities here at ARC. And today we'll be talking about the three pillars of sustainability and your smart city project. In 2005, the World Summit on Social Development identified sustainable development goals, such as economic development, social development, and environmental protection. This view has been increasingly expressed as a Venn diagram, an illustration using three overlapping ellipses indicating that the three pillars of sustainability are not mutually exclusive and in fact can be mutually reinforcing. These three pillars are interdependent and in the long run none can exist without the others. These three pillars have served as a common ground for numerous sustainability standards and certifications in various standards and trade associations in in the last uh, decade or so. If you do look at that Venn diagram, you'll see the three overlapping ellipses. And one is entitled the preservation of environmental resources. The second is enhancement of societal goals, also known as quality of life, or it can also be termed as safety. And the last is economic viability, since none of these goals can be accomplished without a sound, robust economic plan and, well, relatively quick payback. Notice too that these are akin to a vision statement without much specificity. Thus, it's incumbent upon you as a smart city developer to document multiple measurable parameters for each of the pillars. Later, you can use these to rank and ultimately approve or reject any proposed smart city project requirements. In practice, as approaches to achieving these goals are envisioned and discussed, practical processes must be implemented. This, of course, includes a comprehensive investigation of each stakeholder community. Through an examination of the user needs of individual members of each stakeholder community, common, well-supported user needs can and should be developed. You can aggregate these into a group of consensus-based user needs. As this process progresses, it's also critically important to remember that all of these needs should be solicited and documented over the entire life cycle of the proposed project, from envisioning, design, testing, and commissioning and implementation, all the way along the life cycle to post-install operations, maintenance, and eventual retirement and removal of, of the system. This process can be effectively managed, or one way to effectively management, manage it is through the use of the systems engineering process described in, uh, in one of our earlier podcasts. 
some compelling solutions that address sustainability do quickly come to mind, like the conversion of high-pressure sodium to LED street lighting, and the development of high-speed communications backbones in order to drive economic development. As we know that high-speed backbone is very powerful to drive employment in uh, medical imaging, call centers, um, and many other industries. You know, other smart city applications like informational kiosk deployments in, in city downtowns are quickly gaining traction, uh, as well as financial innovations like public-private partnerships and even as-a-service subscription models. You can find out much about these through a variety of standards and, tra and trade associations, one of which the Smart Cities Council is really at the forefront of, of this thought leadership. Uh, and they have great documentation on a number of, on a wide range, I should say, of compelling applications. Uh, the Smart Cities Council website lists a number of sustainable initiatives that can easily be undertaken by just about every public agency. You know, in order to address the needs of the stakeholders, those sustainability needs, it is implicit upon you to investigate what exact problems or needs you're attempting to address. This is typically accomplished through outreach to stakeholders at face-to-face -face group meetings, one-on-one -on -one interviews, or phone and email queries. And once a substantial amount of these needs are collected from all your stakeholder uh, communities that are interested in sustainability, then the project manager can refine the list to see which have consensus across that multitude of individuals and groups. It is important, and I'll restate, that's important to, to support the full system life cycle because it is not just the, the uh, initialization of the project that we have in mind here, but it's the entire project life cycle and, and in fact, the total cost of ownership as well. In subsequent steps, each need should really be connected to a dependent functional requirement. Confirming this connection or traceability ensures that each need has a requirement and no requirements have been created without the underlying consensus-based user need. It also allows a quick creation of a test plan in order to confirm this traceability. Many of you will recognize this philosophy from systems engineering. Now, in addition to those three pillars of sustainability, Increasingly, there's mention of a fourth dimension. And while the United Nations Millennium Declaration identified principles on sustainable development, including economic development, social development, and environmental protection, the original three pillars, it continued using those three domains. However, more recently, the circles of sustainability approach distinguished four domains which are the original three of economic, ecological, um, but now they include cultural sustainability. This is in accord with the United, United Nations, UNESCO, Agenda 21. And in particular, Agenda 21 specifies culture as the fourth domain of sustainable development. And this model is now being used by organizations such as the United Nations Cities Program uh, and Metropolis. In the case of the Metropolis program, this approach does not meaning, mean adding a fourth domain of culture to the dominant triple bottom line figure of the economy, environment, and, and social issues, 
Rather, it involves treating all four domains, economy, ecology, the economic, political, and culture, all as social, and distinguishing between ecology and the environment as that which goes far beyond what we know at present. So culture is increasingly becoming a, arguably not necessarily a fourth pillar, but an important one to, to be considered. Now there are other models of sustainability, and another model suggests that humans, uh, in their attempt to achieve all their needs and aspirations, really come across seven modalities. That's the economy, community, their occupational groups, government, environment, culture, and physiology, or human health. And from the global, large global perspective to the individual human scale, each of those modalities can be viewed across seven hierarchical levels. And human sustainability is achieved by changing sustainability in all levels of those seven modalities. Now, of course, underlying all sustainability are research and innovation activities. One example is the European Environmental Research and Innovation Policy. It aims at defining and implementing transformative agendas to green the economy and the society as a whole to make them more sustainable. Uh, research and innovation activities in Europe uh, do tend to be financially supported by, the, by one program, Horizon 2020, which is open to participants worldwide. Uh, this includes encouraging good farming practices, ensuring that farmers fully benefit from the environment, at the same time, balancing that and conserving farmland for future generations. In addition, creating innovative and sustainable travel and transportation solutions play a role in, in the future. And of course, during the 2019 United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, a number of issues were brought up and mechanisms to allow sustainability to become integrated into society. It was obvious from that meeting that the need to gather as a society to plant more trees in backyards is necessary and is a task for, for the next generation. Now, no, no discussion of sustainability would be complete without, without a discussion of a parallel term, resilience. So let's delve into resilience a bit. Resilience in the, in the ecology perspective is the capacity of an ecosystem to absorb disturbances and still retain, retain its basic structure and viability. So resilience thinking evolved from the need to manage interactions between human systems and natural ecosystems sustainably, even though policymakers uh, still retain a fairly elusive definition. Resilience thinking addresses how much uh, earth-based ecological systems can withstand assault from, from human impacts and still deliver current and future generations the needs that they require. It's also concerned, resilience is, with commitment from policymakers to promote and manage essential ecological resources worldwide to, preserve, to promote resilience and achieve, achieve sustainability of these essential resources for the benefit of people now and in future generations. 
So the resiliency of an ecosystem and thereby its sustainability can be reasonably measured at events where the combination of naturally occurring forces like solar energy, water, soil, interact with the energy released into the ecosystem from disturbances. A practical view of sustainability is, is a closed system that maintains processes of productivity by replacing resources used by people with resources of equal or greater value by those same people without degrading or endangering natural systems. In this way, sustainability can be concretely measured in human projects if there truly is a transparent cost accounting of the resources put back into the ecosystem to replace those that were removed. In nature, of course, this accounting occurs naturally through a process of adaptation as an ecosystem returns to, to viability and stability from external disturbances. The adaptation is a multi-stage process that begins with, the, of course, the disturbance event, followed by absorption, utilization, and deflection and regeneration. In analyzing systems such as urban and national parks, as well as oh, hydroelectric dams, farms, uh, water catchments, one way to look at that relationship between sustainability and resiliency is to view the former with a long-term vision and resiliency as the capacity of human engineers to respond to immediate environmental events. So let's review that. Uh, sustainability is to view the three pillars and arguably some of the other supporting pillars over a long-term life cycle. And resiliency is the ability to overcome shocks to the system. Think of Hurricane Sandy in the uh, you know, New York and tri-state area a few years ago or uh, you know, other one-time impacts. So this has been just a brief discussion of the three pillars of sustainability, some of the other models of sustainability, a number of the other supporting factors of sustainability, as well as the, the uh, a relationship between resilience and sustainability. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, brief look at sustainability and resiliency by, uh, by ARC Advisory Group. And we look forward to seeing you on future podcasts. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's smart city practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.